0: everybody welcome to rachel's reviews and the hidden gems podcast we are really excited to be here to be talking about something brand new that we haven't talked about before it's the imdb tv service where they have tons of free content that you can check out and we're going to give you some of our favorite picks from uh the from that streaming service and i'm from critic rachel wagner and ryan is here
1: uh hey rachel so great to be back with you once again and uh and i'm particularly excited for this for this week's podcast, because we're digging into a streaming service that we haven't touched on at all ever. And it's, and it revolves around the website that I use literally every day just for planning my reviews or just, you know, just general, yeah. like general stuff, but it's IMDb TV.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't even heard of this as far as a service until I was just kind of messing around uh, this last week. And I, found out that there were just so many different things that they offered and i thought well this is kind of in a way a hidden gem service not as much maybe that the movies are 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 like all that hidden gems but the whole
1: service itself yeah it, it's not like canopy where it's like it's a streaming service that's made up of these smaller indie and classic movies it's like no Like, this is completely off the beaten path because I think a large chunk of people use IMDb just for, like, research purposes. It'll be like, hey, what was that one actor in, in that one movie in 1989 that was directed by X, also starring Y, and won Z awards? Mm -hmm. Let's IMDb it. But, yeah. but now they also offer movies too
0: yeah and i use imdb and wikipedia kind of in different ways in in researching for my content because the wikipedia it depends on the topic it'll be more or less accurate depending on what it is but for a lot of the movie stuff it's pretty decent and and in there it has a lot of the more sort of Autobiographical kind of details behind the scenes kind of a thing going on with Wikipedia. Where one nice thing about the IMDb is that they have a, a picture with with every name, so that if you if you're trying to think, uh, I remember that person in that movie, but I can't think of their name, or I remember the character name, then you can just look. Yeah, you got the picture, you got the character name, you got the you've got the actor all there and we actually have for rotoscoper. I mean for Hallmarky's podcast, we have the IMDb Pro which allows you to have get all the information on the agents and publicists and other things like that. So that's how we're able to get all the interviews So we have like 99% of them come through IMDb Pro uh, in the context on there. So that's definitely worth for the kind of podcast we do it's a it's definitely worth the investment
1: oh that's pretty nifty stuff i remember i remember there was a time when i just tried to stay away from wikipedia because it was during college where professors were like you're not allowed to use wikipedia but then i was like uh okay wow, mm-hmm. okay why not but then the more i thought about it the more it was like okay wikipedia you can edit it but more often than not it's legit sources and if you're and if you're kind of very coy about it you can just scroll down there's a massive bibliography there just click it and use that so it's a win-win situation no matter what right
0: yeah and it depends on the topic like some topics i think are a little more reliable than other topics and uh, i've had good luck at least with disney and some of the other uh like for the talking disney podcast uh, I've had good luck uh, with Wikipedia, but uh, you know it just depends. You have to kind of check your sources as much as you can and try to do your homework, but it can be a good resource uh, depending on the needs. But, but it's just kind of different in the way it's set up than IMDB. And it's like both of them together are very helpful for me.
1: Right, a lot of fake mm-hmm. news out there, kids. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But yeah, IMDB TV is a whole bunch of programs that you can watch for free, which is my favorite price.
1: Indeed. And it and it's it's nice with IMDB because with because I was rolling, I was going through it and I'm like, I'm not sure if these are necessarily hidden, like you were talking about earlier. It's like, I'm not sure if these weren't exactly hidden gems, but at, at the same time, especially in the TV section, I was like, they have all the seasons of 24 on there and it yeah. was like they have all of lost on there i've always wanted to not watch bad. that and be very disappointed and and one of my picks i stumbled on out of nowhere and i'm like i don't care if it's hidden or not i'm i'm gonna talk about it yeah so it's it's like one of those where it's like it's like coming across the wardrobe in chronicles of narnia it may look like an like a standard wardrobe but once you go through it it's like a it's like a whole new world <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you can access um, all these all on Amazon Prime. So maybe there's it's a little bit of a cheat, but if you don't have Amazon Prime, you can still watch IMDb TV. So there we go. Indeed. So let's talk about it. Uh, my first one is a fun little action movie called Speed. <laughs> And this is, wow. some people might call this die hard on a bus, but it's true. And it's really fun. And this is where we first got to know Keanu Reeves. And we first got to know, at least as an action star and uh, well, I guess no point break was the first, but this is one of the first times we got to know Keanu Reeves. And then this is a, the breakout role for one of the breakout roles for Sandra Bullock as the bus driver in here. And Dennis Hopper plays a really good villain, and it it manages to make driving a a bus ex- pretty exciting. <laughs> Have you seen this one?
1: Uh, no, surprisingly not. I've always meant to, but I, I I've always wanted to because my Keanu Reeves knowledge like starts at the Matrix, and then on I really know I don't know all that much about his pre like pre Matrix work. I know. A majority of it is good, like Point Break and Speed and a bunch of others. But yeah, like and, and like before that, I remember he was in Bram Stoker's Dracula. He was terrible in it, but God bless him. <laughs> but I've always heard nothing but good things about Speed. It's really a genius premise. It's like there's this bus, a police officer and a bunch of civilians. The bus yeah. can't go under 50 miles an hour. And if it does, kerboom, there's your movie. And it's yeah. it's it's beautiful in its simplicity.
0: Yeah, it's a very simple concept, and I think that's what makes it so tense. Is that, is that it's it's just not very convoluted. It's just very, very simple. What's going to happen to these people? What's going to happen to the bus? Uh, to the people that they're on the freeway? They're driving around all of that, uh, and and of course, Sandra Bullock is so likable as a, a, in any movie she's in she's super likable and so uh, you know what's gonna happen with her and uh, so yeah it's it's a really fun little
1: action movie the one thing that i do know about speed is that a pair, is that dennis hopper's character he's the villain was a former cop and he was forcibly retired and he just really didn't know what to do with himself and so it was like oh i'll just you know i'll i'll do this bus thing and when I, I remember reading that and I was like, this movie could have so easily just been the generic, we're going to steal a bus and we're just going to inconvenience a lot of people. But no, I, I think giving the subplot of former cop has d- spent his entire life to this one thing. And is like, like, it's, it's like, we don't need you anymore, old man. Here's your gold watch. Have a nice life. No, it's, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, geeesh, I, you're doing bad things but at the same time i kind of feel for you it, it, it's it's mm-hmm. complicated
0: yeah and also you have a just dennis hopper's so good as a villain he's so uh he i don't know even his voice i feel like he's just does a good job as as kind of <laughs> as dennis, hopper,
1: dennis hopper had a weird career he could be amazing in movies like like hoosiers or in or in uh uh, Hoosiers is Hoosiers are easy rider and or he could be in crap like Waterworld like he had a very uh he had a very up and down career but when he was good he was excellent
0: mm-hmm. yeah so what's your
1: first pick so my first pick and this is the this is the pick that I was talking about when I was when I found it I was like I don't know if this was hidden because at the time it was the biggest show on television but I think it has gone I think it has gone under the radar a little bit and I want to bring it up. It's Malcolm in the Middle. Uh in the year 2000 when this premiered, this was like the biggest hit on television. I believe it's I believe its premiere episode did like 20 million viewers. I could be inaccurate on that. The next episode did like 30 million and then it settled to around 15 million and it stayed in the seven figures throughout its entire run capping off at about three million, which in today's numbers is like amazing. But Malcolm in the Middle tells the story of this kid named Malcolm, played by Frankie Muniz, who learns that he is a genius. He has an IQ of 165. And well, this is a problem for him because he comes from a family that's like, not exactly, not exactly dirt poor, but like just like general poor. They make enough to get by. Uh, his entire family is like just mount- dysfunctional in their own unique way the mom Lois played brilliantly by Jane Katsamerick is the leader of the family who can be very cruel but has her pretensions of okay she she's she cares and knows what she's doing there's the father Hal played by Brian Cranston who if you have, if you only know him for his breaking bad stuff watching him in this will give you a whole new appreciation his versatility because he's brilliant in this uh then there's the brothers uh reese who is who starts off as a goofball and just the the dumbass of the group but then by the end is actually one of the more likable characters there's the youngest brother dewey who starts off as the cute one but then by the end becomes like one of the smarter ones of the family and then there's malcolm himself who is who starts off as like a, okay, I really hate this, but then kind of has its moments, but then by the end just becomes your crappy standard high school teenager. And then there's another brother named Francis who was off in military school and his whole arc is just all kinds of nuts. So I'll just save that for another time. But what makes the show good is just how it takes this family and doesn't do the traditional sitcom thing where it's like, You have your traditional conflict, and then everything just ends by the 30-minute mark. We all go home happy. Sometimes things don't work out, just like in real life. The novelty in that is pretty lacking, I will say, but the writing, the cinematography, and just the general look and feel of the show just absolutely nails it. Like, it nails it perfectly. Like I said, the dialogue in this show is absolutely on point. Even some of the lesser seasons near the end were still really funny at times. And I don't think there's a truly bad season of the show. There's like a lesser few seasons, like specifically the last season, where some things just went completely off, off the wall. But other than that, I still think the show is very underrated. And in terms of just Family dynamics, I think the show has just aged tremendously well. And it gave Brian Cranston a second wind for his career. So there ain't nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree. I think it is underrated. It's really funny. It's got really good child casting, which makes a big difference in these kinds of shows. I think if anybody likes Modern Family, if they like The Middle, if they like shows like The Goldbergs, I think that you will like Malcolm in the Middle. I think that all of those shows have different elements that you find in Malcolm
1: in the Middle. Yeah, one of my favorite episodes of the show is... The episode that i mentioned that drew 30 million viewers it's called red dress and it is essentially when when lois and hal are trying to have their like one date night per year and she bought this very special dress which turns out to be burnt and so she's like which one of you kids did this and they're all like trying to blame each other but then they realize we didn't do it and so it's just a big blame game but then it just turns into this big torture session where she's like trying to trying to get the truth out of the boys in their own way (laughs) exactly they have they have their heads under the couch which is is a punishment i guess but anyway and francis is trying to coach them through and like okay the next step is interrogation she's trying to butter you up do not buy (laughs) it you understand and it's just it's all genius and by the end we later learn that that Hal pretty much is like, oh, I'll just have my monthly cigar, and the match just went out of control and burnt the dress. So it oh wasn't no. even the boy's fault; it was Hal's <laughs> fault. And it's just, it's just amazing. If you want one episode to show just how genius this show is, definitely Red, Red Dress. dress. And Very there good. are like there are many others that are great as well, like the Krell Boyne picnic, which is really good. And uh, and there's one episode where uh, Francis introduces his wife, Piyama, which is really good. And the whole arc where, um, where Lois gives birth to the baby, Jamie, the fifth child, which is really good. I could talk about this show for days, but I think I've gone on long enough.
0: Very good. All right. Well, my next choice is definitely, I would say, not a hidden gem. But nevertheless, I thought it was pretty impressive that they got it for this service. It's Kung Fu Panda is on here. Which is a pretty good uh big name i would say for them to get on a service like this uh, for free uh, and uh, so kids love country panda it's so much fun so yeah so you have jack black he's voicing poe who is this sort of insecure uh panda bear and, but he dreams of being a warrior and then he ends up getting trained and through various stumbles, and he meets the the Furious Five, and uh, I just think it's a really fun animated film. I really like the action. It's very sweet, and the animation's really fun. I think the second one's probably even better, but I still think this one is solid. It's definitely up there. The All three Kung Fu Panda movies, I think, are up there for me in my DreamWorks ranking, uh, so yeah. If you haven't seen Uh, Kung Fu Panda you definitely should and you have a great cast with Jack Black, Angela and Jolie, Ian McShane, Jackie Chan, Seth Rogen, uh, Lucy Liu, just this great cast
1: so Justin Hoffman so yeah you should check it out if you haven't seen it. Yeah Kung Fu Panda is awesome I've seen this movie so many times I think in my opinion for as far as DreamWorks goes there are two premier trilogies How to Train Your Dragon and Kung Fu Panda. Both are good in their own ways, but those two are DreamWorks at their very finest. Yeah, agreed. And while my favorite of the bunch is number two, I think the first one is like one, it's like Kung Fu Panda 2 is one, and then Kung Fu Panda 1 is 1A, because there's a lot to love about this movie, just... From the little jokes like when when Shifu and Poe are hiking up the mountain, and Poe gets tired and is like he starts to like wash himself in the pool of sacred tears, and Shifu's like, "Panda, we do not wash our pits in the pool of sacred tears and and Poe's like in the middle of doing it, every single time I see that, I just laugh my head off because it's like it's so ridiculous and the whole fight that they have over the the last dumpling it's like oh my god who's gonna get the dumpling and there's a part in that fight where where Shifu just like picking at his thumb at, at his knuckles like you don't think it hurts but they sell it like it does so it's like i guess it hurts there's just so much <laughs> to like about this movie from the very beginning to the middle to the final battle which is one of my favorite final battles in any dreamworks movie where It's like Ian McShane, or or actually Tai Lung, mind fart, Tai Lung gets like the upper hand for a while, but then Poe just like uses his gifts and he's like, he bounces it off his stomach and just, it, it could be, this movie could have been just so incredibly silly, but they treat it seriously. And at the end of the day, it's funny at the right times, but it also can be very serious at the right times.
0: Yeah, when he has to say, say goodbye to Uwe, that is definitely a good, an emotional moment. It's it is a it's a really solid film. So, what is your next pick?
1: So, my next pick is my is my favorite movie of 2018. It's the documentary "Won't You Be My Neighbor." I had no plans on seeing this movie because it would because it didn't come to my local theater and i was like it's probably going to go to orlando or something and i like mr rogers but not enough to schlep up to orlando (laughs) but it but there was a theater relatively close about 20 minutes away that was playing it so i was like all right i'll go check it out and so i did and no other movie that i saw in 2018 came close to just the love and the care and the appreciation that this movie showed to Fred Rogers and his just general legacy. I knew stuff about him that, I, I knew stuff. I learned stuff about him that I never th- that I never knew about. Like he was an ordained minister and how, you know, how he felt like his show wasn't reaching out to people when in reality it really was, and which that part of it was really sad, like going through your life and being like, I'm doing all of this and it's not reaching anyone when in reality, it touched a generation and just it it went into not only fred Rogers' psyche but also how he tried to talk to children in a way that wasn't demeaning but just in a careful way as well like like the one episode he did after the assassination of robert f kennedy they did a whole section of that movie based on that episode and when talking about a difficult topic like that it's just like it's kind of a no-win situation but Fred Rogers he managed to pull it off and just the just the interviews from his family like his like his sons John and Jim they were really good his wife Joanne she was awesome like they were married for all of that time and just when I get married I want to I want to love my wife like Joanne loved Fred it just that that's the goals for me and just at the end of the day I'm surprised that this movie didn't at least get nominated for an Oscar. That's reason number 20 million that it, that I don't trust the Oscars, but side road. Yeah.
0: Especially the documentary branch is, is the worst.
1: (laughs) But yeah, this, this, this documentary is incredible. I walked out of there and I was nearly in tears because Fred Rogers is, was truly a man with no equal so much so that, When I did my best movies of 2018 video that year, I got a sweater vest and a tie, and I did it all like like Mister Rogers would. And I was afraid people were going to be like, "Oh, I, uh, oh, well, he spoiled his number one in like his attire." But then, but then, I did a thing where it was like, but people actually really liked that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. I absolutely loved it as well. I thought it was so moving, and I thought the 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 tom hanks movie was was fine but nowhere near as good as this documentary and i i just thought that that it was so moving when he is speaking before the congress and he makes that surly old <laughs> old congressman change his mind senator whatever change his mind like that was so amazing and i I, I just, w- eventually we have to get the movie that shows that. Cause I thought that was like one of the most incredible moments I've seen in a movie. I mean, it was yeah. amazing.
1: And the damnedest part about that whole thing is that Fred Rogers, like he never raised his voice once. He was like, no. you MF for Senator, you need to listen to me now. Like he, he never right. did that. He was like, Mr. Senator, I am thankful for my time and I will present this in in a fashion that is according and he was right. super prim and proper and by the end of the speech the congressman is just sitting there like oh you i just lost earned your money
0: <laughs> you just earned your it was incredible and i i i just think that he is such an example of of how to love people and yeah. that's, that's unbelievable and i showed it to my parents and they're tough they're tough critics they don't like very many movies and they loved it uh so it's just
1: it's just so good very great pick yeah all the, right at one note before we go on uh there was uh and this show was uh the mr rogers neighborhood was one of the first to have um, an african-american character that was treated treated as an equal. He was played by Francois Clements, I believe I'm saying his And he's name. on
0: there, and great. He's
1: on the documentary, and every time he was there, I'm like, it's my boy Francois. And <laughs> and just coming out to Mr. Rogers as being gay and all of that, that was handled with a great deal of tact and just, uh, this documentary's awesome. If you haven't yeah. seen it, you you all have no excuse. It's literally for free on a site that a lot of people use. So. Right. So do it.
0: Yeah. So my next pick is also a documentary, but it's very different. It's called Broadway Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not uh, a sweet and cuddly like Fred Rogers. It is about the uh, the creation of the Broadway musical American Idiot, based on. of course the album, uh, American Idiot by Green Day. And uh, you have uh, all of the major uh, people that are involved, including Billy Joe Armstrong, who's of course the lead of Green Day. Mm -hmm. And I love Broadway, Uh, I love Broadway musicals. And so anytime I can get kind of behind the scenes of creation of a Broadway musical, I really enjoy that and just all that goes into the everything from the course the songs are the most important part but then also the choreography and the, uh, the, the, the staging production and, and everything about I just love Broadway and so this was really fun to to learn more about the creation of the musical.
1: Yeah, I went through a massive Green Day phase when I was younger and it honestly coincided with the, uh, with the creation of this musical. And a bit of a fun fact, when I was in my musical theater company, not my musical theater company, but uh, when I was part of a musical theater company, we went on a workshop trip to New York City and we got to learn some of the numbers from the American Idiot uh, team. And oh, we, cool. And I got to meet a lot of the extras. They were all incredibly nice people, and I got to ask them questions about, you know, the show business and all of that. And long days, very long days. We were we were dancing and singing from like 8 a.m. in the morning to like 7 p.m. at night. So even though we were technically in New York City, it was it was by no means a vacation. But uh, but this is one I have not seen this documentary this particular documentary but i know i know a lot about green day and i know a lot about the making of this musical so i'll, I'll definitely have to check it out because yeah. i went through like i said i went through a pretty big green day phase like for them for me their peak was around this time and then like uno do tre and then their later albums just kind of uh but yeah
0: yeah. Well, you have to let me know what you think when you get to see it. Cause I, it's a, it's a very, it's, it's very interesting. If you, I just like learning how things are made, you know, like even yeah. if it's not like my favorite thing in the world, I just think it's interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. So what's your next pick?
1: So my next pick is from 2013 and it is called Captain Phillips. And the reason why I chose this is because I recently saw the movie News of the World, which starred Tom Hanks and was directed by Paul Greengrass. And when I saw this on IMDb, I was like, oh, I got to choose this because it stars Tom Hanks and was directed by Paul Greengrass. So nice bit of continuity there. But Captain Phillips tells the true story of the 2009 hijacking of the, of the Maersk, Alabama by a band of Somali pirates. And... I I was definitely old enough to remember when this was happening and was very scared of the matter. And so when I heard this movie was coming out, there was a part of me that was like, uh, a little too soon, guys. But then I learned who was in it. And I was like, okay, maybe this will be good. And it turned out to be really good. Uh, Tom Hanks is in this. We all know who he is. We all did. We did a best and worst of him. And he's awesome and whatever he's in. But the biggest surprise for me was the main pirate named, and i'm going to try and get his name right Barkad Abdi. I probably butchered yeah. that, but he was really good, and he's gone he's also
0: in the movie that you recommended randomly in the movie you recommended last week with eye in the sky
1: yeah, I was when I was doing my research, I was like, <laughs> "Oh, he was an eye in the sky, holy crap but uh, yeah. uh but. Barcod has been in a lot of. Uh, he's been on, in a lot since uh, Captain Phillips. He was in a movie called Good Do- Good Time, directed by the Safdie brothers, and that one was really good. He was in My Beloved, Blade Runner 2049. He was in Castle Rock on Hulu, so he's stayed busy since since his Captain Phillips days, and just just in general. This movie is just, keeps you on the edge of your seat. Paul Greengrass, uh, there's a lot of people who don't like Paul Greengrass's movies because of the way he films his action, like very shaky cam heavy. And I do sympathize, but at the same time, Paul Greengrass does it in a way where you're like, okay, this is shaking a lot, but I think I know what's going on because he still keeps the geography in a good place to where you're like, okay, the pirates are there, Hanks is here, and it's just like, you get the feeling of where everybody is and this movie of course spawned the meme of look at me i am the captain now that <laughs> just still gets mileage to this day so there's that but then but then the movie just has a brilliant ending where after this whole thing happens and captain phillips gets off the ship and he's like am i off the ship am i off and, and the doctor's like you're oh, off the ship. It's fine it's 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 sad and gratifying and just satisfying all at once. And it can only be done by Tom Hanks, who like it, like you it said, is brilliant. And out of Greengrass's movies, I think this is one of his more underrated. I think people were like, oh, Captain Phillips is really good. And then just went underneath out of nowhere. But yeah, I, think, and Burkett, I think people should look it up.
0: Burkett Abdi, he got nominated for an Oscar for that role. He should have won. Film. He should have won
1: because he had an excellent scene where he and he and he and Captain Phillips are in the lifeboat and they're talking and and Phillips is like, "What are your plans? Uh, Like, what are your goals?" and and he's like, "Maybe America, maybe." And you're just like, oh It is just he he does a really really good job and he should have at least Mm -hmm. he was nominated, right? Mm Hmm. Yeah,
0: he was. I'm not sure who won that year, but he was nominated. Uh, so very good pick. I love that probably, movie. Probably
1: the wrong choice. That's who you
0: want. <laughs> Uh So my next pick is actually a film by Tim Burton, who is a filmmaker who I don't tend to like much these days, but I enjoy Big Fish. I think it's definitely one of his better films of the last twenty years, um, if not one of his only watchable films. He's had a lot of misses, um, but this one is pretty good. It's very beautiful, and uh, so I think that helps it a lot. And you've got Ewan McGregor as our lead character, and he's out trying to uh, trying to uh, uh, trying to figure out his father's last wishes and what is true about his life and what is false. And there's a lot of fantasy and circus kind of. Feel to the whole thing—that's uh, fun, and you have uh, a great cast: uh, Albert feeney Billy credup Helena Bonham Carter, Allison Uh So it's definitely, I think, worth a watch. And if you think, "Oh, I won't like it because it's Tim Burton," and maybe give it a shot. It's definitely one of his better ones.
1: Yeah, there was a time when tim burton was just like the biggest thing because he he went from strength to strength he went from batman to ed wood to edward scissorhands to beetlejuice. beetlejuice like he was just on fire for a while and then i don't know it was something after like like alice in wonderland that he was just like okay i'm just i'm i my art phase is done now i am in my money phase and it showed it really did I I haven't seen Big Fish. I've heard nothing but great things, so I definitely have to check it out. But just it's it's sad because I used to really enjoy Tim Burton. But just with Dumbo last year or two years ago, it's just like why bother anymore. And I hear he's trying to do a Beetlejuice sequel, and it's like it's it's kind of bad enough that we're getting yeah. Michael Keaton back in Batman. Now we're just let's just let's just recast ed wood i mean depths on the outs so why not yeah i don't think he's
0: cast a or i don't think that he's had a good movie since uh since frank and weenie and i think the problem is is that he just keeps adapting other people's stories and instead of telling his own stories and which he used to do he used to tell his own stories i mean aside from batman but like he was still doing new things even then and now i mean how does anybody remember his planet of the apes movie
1: Mm. i think it's best if we forget and (laughs) and at least when it comes to batman he did it in his own way it wasn't like it wasn't like the adam west thing where it was like holy rust metal batman or something like yeah like like that it was it was gritty it was raw it was gothic it was over the top and for the time it was absolutely what Batman needed. So, and it Remember, was. Remember,
0: even his Pee-wee movie is so funny. It's so great. Fun. So, so, but Big Fish, it's it's good. It's a good. It's a good story. It looks beautiful, the movie, and it's sweet, and so yeah, I recommend it.
1: So, what do you have next? So, my next pick is Transporter Two, and the Transporter movies are not really. Liked all that much, and I and I get it. They're very, they're they're very dumb movies. But I love all three of them, even the third one, which nobody likes. But out of all of out of all of them, this one uh, this one may be my favorite. Uh, this was directed by Louis Lederer, who would go on to direct Now You See Me, and is and also directed The Incredible Hulk, the MCU Hulk movie that everybody seems to forget is in the MCU for reasons, but after the events of the first transporter the transporter played by jason statham is in miami he's taking jobs there and that but actually no scratch that he's in miami and he's working for this rich couple and he's basically their driver because he's he's been through enough he just wants to make money and just retire and you know a, jo- a goal we all have but then but then through a combination of events he gets caught up in this multinational scandal over, well, a virus, which seems relevant to our timeline, but that's neither here nor there. The Transporter movies, like I said, are very dumb, but they, but I think that these movies know that they're dumb and they, try, they don't try to be more than they are. They're not these big think pieces of what to do about international relations. Like, no, it's essentially, hi, Jason, here's your car, here's your gun we'll leave the rest to you and be like, okay. And so there are, just, there are just too many good action scenes to mention here. There's a good fight between Statham and this big enforcer dude and the enforcer dies by getting his head stuck in in one of those boat, boat holes that, that you like look out your head to. I think it's called a galley, but then he gets his head stuck in there and the boat falls off its ledge and then just it lands right on his face. It's pretty sick, but it's also pretty awesome all at the same time. The movie does kind of suffer in that there's kind of a subplot where the transporter and the wife of his boss kind of have a fling where she comes on to him and he's like, I'm not interested. And I don't think that aged too terribly well, but it's like one scene. And if you can get through that, then I'd say you'd be fine. The rest of the movie is just good, clean fun, that's all I got to say about it. Cool.
0: Yeah. Well, my last suggestion is a very different transport shoe, but still a lot of fun. It is a movie called Sliding Doors, and this stars Gwyneth Paltrow. This is from way back in the day, and it's very clever. It's a rom com where she goes to go back to her home, and in one, and then she almost makes the subway. But then all of a sudden the movie splits off of in one alternate reality she makes the train and in one alternate reality, she doesn't make the train and so you see her life uh, and you see two different versions of her life and what would happen if she so the idea is it's kind of like what how do these just seemingly small things affect our lives like if we make one choice to go down that way who do we meet along that way and then who who do they, how does that affect our choices? And if we go this other way, what, what happens? And so that's kind of a fun thought experiment, I think. And, and uh, it's got some romance and Gene uh, Troubleshorn is super annoying in it, but if you can forgive that, uh, that it's a pretty fun little rom-com, I would
1: say kind of sounds like the question of if you like like if a butterfly flaps its wings in japan it'll cause a hurricane somewhere else the the whole butterfly effect yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah that's kind of the uh the idea of it and uh it's 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 you know something i've thought about it how can you not think about that you know the different paths we take and how can these different things kind of affect of well if i hadn't have uh have done this, I wouldn't have done that, and then you know I've thought about that with hallmarky's podcast, you know that I happened to uh to want to cover in with an e and I happened to start working with amber and then and uh and then we got the idea for the podcast and i mean every all those little things had to kind of come into play mixed with a lot of hard work
1: mm. yeah so, it's it's you know. like uh it's like a it's like a role-playing game where it's like where you come to a certain point and you get like the four decisions it'd be like a to a to do nothing like x to to attack y and and all of that you get four different decisions yeah it's
0: true uh so what's your last pick
1: so my last pick is again this is not exactly a great movie it's not going to it's not going to like move any needles or win any, it didn't win any big awards, but I just saw this movie so many times, it's forever ingrained in my mind. It's called Wild Hogs. Uh, This stars stars Tim Allen, uh, John Travolta, Martin Lawrence, and William H. Macy. And it tells the story of these four friends who ride motorcycles together. And they realize that they're not getting any older. So the John Travolta character says, hey, let's go on a road trip and uh and they're all like uh we've got wives and you know lives but then they eventually decide you know what let's just go and so and so they end up they end up going and they get into a lot of trouble along the way specifically with a real biker gang which is headed up by Ray Liotta and well they accidentally blow up their bar so that's so there's that um I remember seeing this in movies in the theaters with my parents and I think I was a little too young to see it because there was a lot of stuff in there that my like seven or eight year old brain was not prepared for but it still stayed with me as one of it's one of my favorite like I want to say guilty pleasure movies because it's one of those movies that it's it's not exactly great it's not Tim Allen's or john travolta's or martin lawrence's or william h macy's best work but it seems like the four are legitimately having fun together and it's just be like all right the four of you are friends and you're like uh okay that won't be hard and and you just throw in the whole biker thing and there's there's a ton of funny jokes in there where after the whole bar explode exploding thing happens and they all stop off at this this roadside place to get gas and Travolta's the only one who knows that the bar blew up and they're like come on guys let's live for the moment and he drives off into the sunset and they all follow him and it's like the last stop for 200 miles so they eventually run out of gas and the first line after that is tim allen going "What a! you're an asshole <laughs> it's it's an amazing it's an amazing line And there are many many good moments like there. So if you haven't seen it, it, it's, it's not too dirty, but it's just enough to have a bit of an edge, I suppose.
0: You know, I remember when this came out, it got thrashed by the critics. It got really bad reviews, but... I actually think it's funny too, and maybe it's just because my dad had like a midlife crisis where he got super into motorcycling and particularly dirt bike racing for him, and he still does it, still loves it. Uh, but uh, a lot of this uh, kind of the jokes kind of rang true because of what my dad had, had gone through, and so yeah, I think it's I think it's actually funny. Uh, so you know, it's tough humor is the most subjective of all of the types of films but I I had a good laugh
1: watching it so I, also I, also there's also there's a cameo in there from the American Chopper guys and considering how irrelevant they are now it's like it's one of those things where it's like oh yeah those guys were a thing for a while that my dad watched every friday night <laughs> right
0: yeah yeah that's true <laughs> so yeah if you have seen any of these movies that we recommend, let us know in the comments section or on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And Ryan, where can people find you?
1: They can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. Then there's, of course, my YouTube channel, which is just called RyanCam. Uh, this week, I'm going to be releasing AFI Project videos for Duck Soup, which is the classic movie from the Marx Brothers. Which is said to be their very best work. And then let me pull up my list. And then after that, I'm going to be talking about Sullivan's Travels from 1941. And then this this coming Sunday, I'll be reviewing Grave of the Fireflies in honor of my of my watch-alongs of all the studio Ghibli movies. And then February 14th, not this coming Sunday, but the next Sunday, in honor of Valentine's Day. I'm going to be reviewing all the Twilight movies because I guess I'm a masochist or something, but if you want to watch me suffer through them, please subscribe. I put a lot of hard work into the channel. I'm very proud of it. The alien video did great. It came out very well. So I'm putting a lot of, uh, putting a lot of good, good work into it. So if you haven't checked me out, please do.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of variety there. Duck soup to Twilight, everything in between. (laughs) So y'all should check it out. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Tomatoes. So please check that out. I'm going to be reviewing uh, and watching a bunch of movies for Sundance Film Festival coming up. And so I'm going to have lots of coverage on my blog and all over the place. Make sure you're following me. And also doing the animator, uh, this And I'm also doing the Sundance Animator Spotlights at Rotoscopers, so please check that out. That's been so much fun, these interviews. And uh, so, yeah, and also check out Hallmarky's Podcast. We have our Hallmarkies Podcast awards this week. So we have A ton of stars, actually, we got to accept their awards, which was pretty cool. Uh, We have Lacey Chabert, which was a huge get. So if you haven't checked out Homer's podcast, this is the one to watch. It's really cool. So uh, all that going on. And let us know what you think of IMDb TV and also of uh, our recommendations. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So thanks so much. And we'll talk to you all later.
1: Bye, everyone. Bye.